Capital of the world. It's the TC Martin Show. A freshman has won it for the Wolverines. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. TC Martin. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Doctor is now in. Oh, glad to have you with us here on a magnificent or a manic Monday. Call it what you want. I don't know. It depends. It is the Monday after the madness of the opening madness weekend. You just got to love it. And I know this is a day when you go back and you look, okay, my bracket's busted. My bankroll's busted, or you're feeling a little fat and sassy. I'm looking in the studio here, and I'm not exactly sure where my tag team partner is today as far as feeling one of those emotions or looking fat and sassy or or bracket busted or bankroll busted. I don't know. He just had he just had lunch today, so I think he's actually more of the uh, former than the latter. That's Marco D'Angelo in the house with us. He joins us on the bookend week here of the T.C. Martin Show, Monday and Friday. We'll hear from Marco in just a moment. Matt Holt will join us today. We'll talk to him from the sportsbook betting side, and we've got a lot of great stuff uh, to visit with Matt about as he uh, normally joins us on Mondays. So we got that, and plus we have all kinds of NCAA tournament news, March Madness news, coaching maneuverings that we're hearing about already today. So we got uh, plenty to uh, talk about today. A lot of NCAA uh, tournament talk. All right. So glad to have everyone with us. Of course, uh, back in studio after being on location Thursday and Friday. Uh, great times there at the Westgate Las Vegas in the uh, sports book. And Numchuck is back I as well, too. You. I haven't seen this guy in about two weeks. I know. I was about to say, I haven't seen you in like two weeks. I know. And, and you're feeling well, my friend. I'm you're good. Phenomenal. You're back from your sabbatical that you just needed to take yeah. away from us. Yep. And shout out to my man, Nick Nice. Uh, it was great having him back. So, uh, you Nick, know. Nick killed it here. He did. I, was, I listened to every day. There Nick he, killed it. He's the pro. He's the pro. That's how we, we got a lot of pros on the show, as you know. You know, even though some of them have lost some of their eligibility. You want to keep rapping? Keep rapping? You want to keep rapping? Oh, I can Nick rap. is a pro, as you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the show. <laughs> you can rock it in stereo. There you go. Where's my, where's my go? Where's my bell? Give me something, would you? Come on. You got nothing. <laughs> See, you've been gone for two weeks. You forgot where the buttons were. I kind of forgot where everything is. All right. I kind of. Relax. Okay, there you go. Numchuck just got back. He was on the road with Lindy LaRock and the uh, and the UNLV Lady Rebels, uh, Baton Rouge, eating po' boys, and uh, you know some shrimp scampi and all that kind of stuff. Uh, their trip a little bit, uh, you know, cut short. Uh, so sorry about that. But uh, wow, uh, LSU beat down Michigan yesterday. And that's who the Rebels would have faced. Uh, the Lady Rebels would have defeated Michigan. They would have faced LSU on their home floor. And LSU looks uh, definitely uh, like a beast in this tournament. And March Madness upsets uh, on the women's side as well. Stanford went down yesterday. So anyway, Marco, how you doing, my friend? 
I'm doing fine. Glad to be here. Uh, Numbcheck forgot the the volume to start the show and your <laughs> your opening uh, rant there. I, I think I might have my hearing back by the second hour. <laughs> that wasn't even a rant. I, that wasn't a terrible Tuesday rant. It was loud. <laughs> like I said, you know, the guy he's he's been been gone for a couple weeks. He, Takes a while to get acclimated to, to things again. All right. So a lot to cover today. Appreciate everyone for joining us. Let's start the show talking to our good friend, Matt Holt from U.S. Integrity. Matt's been touring the globe, as we know. A uh, very busy time for him with uh, his integrity businesses with uh, all these uh, conferences. Uh, Matt, what's going on, brother? TC, how are we doing? Uh, good. I, I'm actually good. The voice is starting to come back a little bit. Uh, the, the marathon will continue, but we do get a couple days off before we get right back at it again. And of course, we'll be talking a lot about this during the course of the week because the Sweet 16 down to the Elite Eight, final four next week in Houston, but we've got the Sweet 16 slash Elite Eight Western Regional final here. In Las Vegas for the very first time and, uh, looking forward to being out at T-Mobile Arena on Thursday and Saturday and what a bracket that we have in that. We've got Arkansas and Yukon in the first matchup at 415 on Thursday, followed by Gonzaga UCLA. So we've got the four and the eight seed at both of those teams severely, um, underseeded. Um, and then we've got, uh, Gonzaga and UCLA where they probably should be at two and three, but, uh, I think could be the, the best regional and we're going to get it here for the very first time in Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited. First of all, I actually get to stay here for a week. That's nice. Uh, but it's great to have such a big event here in Vegas. You know, I remember a decade ago, they, they said never would there ever be, um, you know, regionals or final fours here in Vegas, but we have a regional here this year. We have a Super Bowl. So it's great to have these huge events in our home city. You know, it's funny, man, because we always talk about this. You know, this is the way it was uh, as recent as, you know, five, ten years ago, and then 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Forget about it. Are you kidding me? We couldn't even say the word, you know, betting, gambling, and all this stuff. And and now, you know, what do you think, though? I mean, again, this is a big part of your business as well, too. What was the mold breaker? I know we always want to talk about the Golden Knights and, you know, the NHL coming here finally. And that was like, wow, I, I kind of broke the ice. But for the NCAA, they were always the stickler. And, you know, going back to the times when you had the battle between UNLV and Jerry Tarkanian and the NCAA, but what broke the ice for the NCAA, not only to finally say, okay, we'll let you have an NCAA tournament regional, but even going back a little bit further about expanding and having be more open uh, to having the conference tournaments here? Well, I think the NCAA as a whole has done nothing but get their butt kicked, really, for five years, whether it was NIL or, or, or sports betting. And essentially what happened was a combination of things. At first, there was the repeal of PASPA on May 14, 2018. And the conferences themselves, who really wield all of the power in collegiate athletics, went to the NCAA and said, look, we need to start making some money off this because there's lots of money being made off of our events. March Madness being the most profitable sports wagering event in the United States, even bigger than the Super Bowl. And then the college football, uh, you know, college football playoffs being probably the number third and fourth most wagered on events. So at the end of the day, 
I think there was a big push by the conferences to say, look, we need to ensure that we're starting to profit, that we're starting to engage in this in a responsible way. And then about, you know, 18 months ago now, I guess the NCA came out and said it, that it gave the conferences the rights to now negotiate with sports betting companies for their data rights. Simultaneously, we've had eight schools now, including some major ones like Colorado, Michigan State, LSU, signed sportsbook partnerships, you know, LSU signing the biggest one with Caesars. And I think those partnerships, you know, the, the ability for them to start engaging and, and monetizing their betting data to participate in these sponsorships now, um, it's all sort of come full circle. And whether anyone wants to admit it or not, I mean, all credit to the Golden Knights, there was a lot of question marks about regardless of the betting aspect, could a pro team, could a real pro team who needs to get 15,000-plus fans a night survive here in Las Vegas? And as we know, the Golden Knights sell out every single game. So I think the Golden Knights were the proving ground, and now we've seen all that immense success with the Raiders. And now, of course, there's talks about putting an MLB and NBA team here as well. Matt Holt joins us uh, from U.S. Integrity. Matt, you mentioned NIL, and we're going to get to the coaching news here uh, pretty soon with uh, some major coaching changes in the Big East. But when you look at NIL, we know that Oscar Shibway is making a ton of money at the University of Kentucky, and rumor has it that he could be making more money this year than maybe he will get next year in his rookie contract with the NBA. And we know that this just opened the doors you know, for – you know, athletes to finally make money. But you know what? A lot of that has kind of, you know, quieted down. We're not hearing about that. And you go back a couple of years ago, remember the Cavender twins who played basketball at Fresno State, you know, all the, the likes and followers that they were getting and they had these endorsement deals and it was, it was a big national story, but we're really not hearing too much of that now. So, you know, my question here is which of these schools or maybe even conferences, because you do with all these conferences, are actually doing the doing it the right way with the NIL, and which ones are really not taking advantage of it? Well, I think everyone's trying to take advantage of it. Every single university is now hiring NIL teams, and it sort of brings me back to the days when, like, Roger Clemens was the first guy to get $5 million in a contract well, the next 20 guys that got $5 million, it wasn't a news story anymore. And that's sort of what's happened at, with the NIL level. But there's uh, far more athletes getting NIL deals now than you would ever imagine. It's in the thousands of collegiate athletic, athletes getting NIL deals. In fact, next year they say it could be in the tens of thousands. Now, a lot of those will be smaller in size. But Drew Timmy certainly makes more with seven figures worth of NIL deals than he will in the NBA. Most people don't even expect him to get drafted. So there's the good and the bad of the NIL. The good, Drew Timmy. We get four or five years of Drew Timmy because he can make more staying in college and playing at the collegiate level than he would as a pro for a guy that most people say wouldn't even be drafted. The bad, St. Francis of New York today just shut down all athletics because between Title Now and Title Nine and NIL, they can no longer afford to operate an athletic department. So there's good and bad with NIL. The good, look, we're seeing these guys probably stick around longer. The bad, the rich are going to get richer. They're going to be able to offer more NIL deals than the smaller schools, and it's going to make it harder for the smaller schools to compete, not easier. 
And then, of course, on the other side, less sponsorship money going to the actual schools and conferences because more more of that sponsorship is going to the individual athletes. And St. Francis of New York will not be the only casualty of NIL and, and sort of Title IX. You mentioned Drew Timmy had a fantastic game last night uh, for Gonzaga in their victory. And, you know, the running joke is, oh, Drew Timmy, you know, he's, he's been here for about a decade and uh, actually even has a chance to come back, you know, next year, right? I mean, as a seventh year senior. But uh, again, I, we talk about Oscar Shibway making a lot of money there in Kentucky at a blue blood school. And he's obviously going to be off to, to go to the NBA. But what kind of money and what kind of endorsements does Drew Timmy have at Gonzaga? Oh, he has a casino deal. I think he has like four different deals, one of them coming from a casino. Um, he makes big money. If you go and look at Drew Timmy and some of these at least are publicly disclosed, um, it's seven figures a year, one of which comes from the, um, I believe it's Snoqualmie, the, one of the largest um, regulated casinos in the state of Washington. Wow, Drew Timmy. And uh, Drew Timmy is almost kind of turned into a Travis Kelsey here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you saw his post-game interview, you know, last night, actually dropped an F-bomb. And, you know, CBS, you know, I don't think they, they, they caught it. Or actually, it wasn't CBS. That was, was on a TNT. It was on the Turner. Yeah. And uh, that sort of thing. But Drew Timmy is getting very, very comfortable uh, you know, being in front of the camera and on the mic and that sort of thing. And uh, it's it's funny. It kind of just points to what you're talking about. That's how comfortable he is because he's got these you know sidebar NIL deals that are making him a very rich man while technically he's still in college. Yeah, but unfortunately, again, because so many of these athletes are getting NIL deals, and good for them. The schools aren't making any money. The school sacrifice was always, hey, well, we're going to pay for, you know, it costs on average, what I've heard for a college basketball season, is about $400,000 an athlete. That's tuition, that's books, that's meals, that's room and board, that's travel, that's equipment, that's sneakers, that's everything they get throughout the entirety of a year. The school is still paying that 400000 per athlete, but in a lot of cases, that casino deal that Tim Drew Timmy has, which is probably another 700000 a year going toward the school, isn't going to the school. It goes directly to Drew Timmy. And I thought it was a sad day today to see St. Francis. Not that I have any real connections there drop out, but there are going to be a lot of casualties in this. And I don't know that less teams are better, but that could be where we're headed. Absolutely. All right. Uh, you know, when you look at um, the coaching news, you know, to today, two major uh, coaching news uh, stories coming out of the Big East today. And, uh, you know, Mike Anderson was fired by St. John's. Uh, Mike Anderson is actually suing the school. Uh, and what does uh, St. John's do? They hire Rick Patino. Rick Patino leaving Iona. He will be the new head coach at St. John's. And Rick Patino just came out and said that, okay, here's what we need to do. I'll come to St. John's. Rick Patino, by the way, signed a what six year contract. He's 70 years old, signed a six year contract. Oh yeah. Let, let's, let's put some odds on, on, uh, you know, how long he will be there. Will he finish out that contract? That's got to be definitely plus money on that. But anyway, I thought it was interesting that he brought up NIL and, and, and he talked a little bit of transfer portal, but mostly NIL about, Hey, you are not taking advantage of this at St. John's. And for, in order for me to come there, 
we have got to make this happen and we've got to be relevant again. But he basically centered a lot of the talks about NIL and having St. John's, you know, get into this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, at the end of the day, most major, at least competitive uh, colleges right now have entire teams built around NIL right now. It's not just the fact that they're helping to take advantage of it. They need to set up and establish an entire NIL team and network. And basically, that's what these coaches use as a recruiting tool now. Hey, imagine playing in New York City. And oh, by the way, our NIL team has this many, you know, 50, whatever, seven-figure-plus sponsorship opportunities available for student-athletes. Uh, you know, in the state of New York or whatever, we're set up to connect you with those folks to make sure you get those deals. That is a huge sticking point right now. You know, it used to be, let's face it, let you know, without going too far into the legality or illegality, it was that I can get your parents a job, I can get you a car, I can get your parents a house. Now it's I can get you a seven-figure NIL deal, and there's whole teams set up to make this, make sure that this happens. Mm. All right, Matt Holt uh, joins us, uh, talking a little NIL, talking about March Madness, talking about uh, all of the upsets uh, galore, Matt. And uh, as we know, when you look at the Thursday, Friday, the opening round session, then carry over to Saturday and Sunday, the round of 32, uh, so many upsets here. What caught your eye? Yeah, look, I think we ended up with the right amount of upsets and sort of the right upsets because everybody loves upsets in the NCAA tournament. But what we've seen in the past is when you get too many um, those next round matchups don't get much betting handle. They don't get much engagement. So I think it was good. FDU is a great story. FAU isn't that much better in terms of engagement, but they're a little bit better. Um, you know, on the other side, we have Princeton, but at least now Princeton's facing a pretty, uh, you know, high offense team in Creighton who's gotten a lot of love from betters. You have to be careful what you wish for. Everybody wants to give the little guy a chance. They complain that the little guy doesn't have a chance in college football or in the pro sports in a four best of seven format. But at the end of the day, if you get too many upsets, it, it tunes out the viewers, it tunes out the betters. I think we got the right amount here where we have a couple of, you know, Princeton's that are still around in their FAU. Um, but we also have some really compelling blue blood still left in there with Michigan State and UCLA and so I think we got the right mix here of upsets as well as blue bloods as well as true contenders left in this bracket. Matt, Marco here. Uh, going back to yesterday, and I want you to go back to your days when you were behind the counter and risk management and so forth. The shot by the TCU player goes in, it changes the outcome of the game. Being that that was like, you know, one of the two last games on the board that day, you know how much money is more bet and wagered on the last games. How much money would you guess changed hands on that one bucket? I would probably say across the country, approximately $100 million, maybe a little less, $80 million, but somewhere between that 80 to $100 million national mark. And that's at regulated sports books across the country. Um, so it's a big number for sure. It is a big, big, giant number. And again, Marco's referring to the last game of the night, which was, uh, you know, Gonzaga. Uh, last night, uh, just a, a, an amazing game there against TCU where the Zags, uh, fell behind early, battled back and really were in control of this game, uh, down the stretch. 
But then, you know, here here they come. The, the number is going to be in question. Remember, this line opened, Gonzaga favored by four. Then it actually closed at minus five. And uh, we we saw a foul with seven-tenths of a second remaining in this contest where Gonzaga was up six, uh, 84 to 78. And then, of uh, you know, the, the foul there was seven-tenths of a second. They inbound the basketball. And most of the time it's seven tenths. You're not going to get a shot off. And actually we play roll the ball routine, right? Where you get out there and get close to mid court and this thing goes down. Uh, actually, you know, you know, beyond half court, uh, and it hits. And there you go. Now your final spread ends at 384 to 81. Like you said, Marco, if you had Gonzaga, you had just to be tearing yourself apart with this. <laughs> And, uh, but, uh, not to say, well, you know, this is what you should do. Play the money line or the teaser, I, Marco. Then uh, you're had, not sweating. I had TCU. So I was ecstatic with that would go in. I was very happy with that. But it, you know, people don't realize really how much money. And then, then you'll have an announcer say, Oh, it's a meaningless three at the buzzer. A hundred million dollars shifted money is not a meaningless three. <laughs> no, no. And like you said, Matt, that is uh, astounding the amount of money like that. And as we know, and we've talked about this before, that last game of the day is kind of like the bailout game for so many people. You're either trying to play catch up or you, if you're ahead, you feel like, okay, I'm playing with house money here. So there was a ton of handle on that game with Gonzaga and TCU. Yeah, and two big brands. Let's face yes. it, TCU and Gonzaga are two well-known brands here. So that only you know catalyzes it even heavier in terms of the number of uh, the number of bets and dollars wagered. All right. So you know we're at sixty-eight teams with the NCAA tournament, and everyone's is pretty comfortable with that. Uh, a lot of people still think it's sixty-four, just because well they forget about the first four games that are on Tuesday and Wednesday, but. Matt, is there, uh, there's increasing talk of expanding this thing even more now, uh, to maybe even as many as 96? Uh, what are you hearing here? Yeah, I'm hearing that 96 is a possibility before next season even. And a lot of times because of the bureaucracy that used to be in there with the NCA, these things would happen slower. But now with the conferences sort of taking charge of what happens at collegiate athletics, I am hearing that 96 is a possibility by next March and will certainly be probably a probability, but at least by the March of 25. There's just too much money in it. At the end of the day, even those first four games between the 16 seeds do big handle because they have the NCAA tournament brand behind them and they're on national te- television in an isolated manner. And what we do know is that people like to bet March Madness. There is huge, insatiable demand for betting on March Madness, especially in the earlier rounds. Why not take advantage of that and incorporate more teams? Just think of the Blue Bloods we would have gotten this year. Had we have expanded that, we would have also seen North Carolina and Clemson and Wisconsin and plenty more Blue Bloods. And then the smaller schools like it because the mid-majors point to the FDUs and say, hey, look, give us a shot. If you give us a shot, we can make great things happen. Well, obviously, by expanding it by 28 more teams or, um, you know, whatever it ends up being, I think right now to, to 96, it would be 28 more teams. You know, let's say 18 of those are probably Power 5 or Power 8 big school teams, but inevitably you're going to get 10 more mid-majors in, and those are probably fun as well. Those guys want a chance. 
you know, the Indiana States, the Bradleys of the world who had amazing seasons. So, you know, I think it's only going to, to benefit everyone. It's, it's gambling content that the, everyone in the U.S. has proven that they just love. And um, I don't be surprised if we see it here by next March, because that's what I'm hearing. Matt, if we do get that, you got to figure that's the end of the NIT, CBI, you know, because who's going to be left? you got teams that shouldn't be in tournaments to begin with. And if you drain it, you know, dilute it anymore, why have those? Well, I think it's a why have those anymore anyway. At the end of the day, the, the semifinals and the finals of the NIT this year will be played in a 6,000-seat arena over at the Orleans. I mean, come on. At the end, we see teams every year. We saw North Carolina turn down an offer to play in the NIT this year. The conferences don't want to do it. The schools want to do it because they lose money doing it. If they host an NIT game, then they have to pay the visiting team a stipend for coming in. They never make enough money back, and the TV revenue from the NIT just isn't there to pay the bills. Uh, to even open the arena and turn the lights on, never mind the amount of expenses it costs to do everything else. So without that TV money, it's not worth doing. And look, the CPI matchups were fun. They've been good games, but I didn't get to watch any of them today because none of them are on TV channels that I even get. I couldn't find where to, to find them, and I get most channels. So at the end of the day, I think you're right, Marco. I think those just go away. Why don't we put all these teams participating in the postseason in the one thing we know is working, and that's March Madness, just exp- expand the bracket, expand the number of betting opportunities for fans. Now, and you're right. We, with the CBI, why are you playing on a Monday afternoon? Th- th- this makes no sense. Oh, because, again, well, now you've got you know the women's uh, you know, tournament that is going on Monday because they go Friday through Monday with their, their first four days. And then you've got the NIT now into the quarterfinals. So you've got that action and, you know, ESPN has the NIT coverage. Yeah. So there's no, no room for the CBI. And, and we've seen the experimentation with some of these lesser tournaments. Remember there, there was a couple others, uh, one that tried, uh, to work here at the Mandalay Bay going back about uh, five or six years ago that nobody attended. Uh, so they went by the wayside, but you're right. And, and as far as the NIT goes, it's, it's a shame because, you know, those of us that love basketball and love tradition, having the NIT and their final four at Madison Square Garden, it still meant something. And I believe it meant something to fans. They would still pack the garden for the most part for those games and the championship game, you know, two days later. And you remember when we used to get that, you know, on a Monday and then they kind of messed it over in a Tuesday, Thursday, you know, routine. But now, you move the NIT out of New York City, you know, the heritage where it originally was, and now you bring them to Vegas. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, now Vegas has got an NCAA rest, a West Regional Final. Where are you going to make room for this? At this, you, you know, where? Where? Oh, it's going to go to Orleans, like Matt said, but it's no one's going to attend this. And then you add on the fact that what he just mentioned about, well, these schools are losing money at this. I mean, what a far cry from where the NIT was and it's been dwindling for the past 20 years we get that but now I I agree with you guys it it has to go away right and I know there's NIT blue bloods that say don't take it away because you know we're hanging on to this tradition but these guys are like 80 and 90 years old and still want to keep it but uh, it is too bad because we got a couple good matchups tonight but no no one's talking about no one's going to watch it 
Yeah, and if you expand the, the NCAA tournament, 28 more teams to 96, which the talks are that that's done, whether it's this year or next year, at the end of the day, one of the things you always knew at the NIT is if a champion from their conference failed to make the NCAA tournament, they automatically got a bid to the NCAA. But with 28 more bids, a lot of those champions are now going to be going to the NCAA tournament in an at-large capacity anyway. So I don't think there's a scenario anymore where the NIT could just get these, you know, conference lesser conference champions. And at this point, everyone loses money. There's no TV revenue in it anymore. Nobody was watching the CBI this morning. I tried. Couldn't find it on TV anywhere. Um, I just think it's time we roll it all up into a package that people are actually looking to purchase. Matt, appreciate the time as always, my friend. Uh, Great stuff. Uh, Enjoy the tournament this weekend. Am I going to see you out at T-Mobile on Thursday and Saturday? Yeah, yeah, I'll be over there. Text me and let me know where you're at. You got it, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks. Good luck. Take care. All right, there he is. Uh, Matt Holt from uh, U.S. Integrity. All right. Great stuff. The, the busy guy that he is and, uh, making the rounds here, um, from place to place and tournament to tournament. Uh, and again, uh, looking forward to Thursday and, uh, Saturday here for the NCAA West regional final. And, you know, the NIT, you can't even really follow it now because you got the two quarterfinal games tonight. Usually the semifinals would be like three days later. And then, you know, you go to the garden, that sort of thing. There's going to be a gap now with the NIT because. Um, you know, the final four and championship game is going to be here in Vegas, but they don't want to mess with everything coming up this weekend and everything. So you're going to have a little bit of a, a, a lag, um, while these teams get out of town and, you know, we advance over to Houston and, uh, the NIT will be going on here next week, but they're going to have almost like a week gap. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. And uh, what I thought didn't make sense, you said about playing on a Monday afternoon. Why did they try? They played games yesterday in that tournament. Why would you go against? The, the NCAA tournament and have those games, you know, going on at the same time. I thought that was idiotic. You should have it Monday and Tuesday when you're the only game in town other than the NBA as far as basketball goes. But, you know, who <laughs> hey, am I? Hey, full disclosure here. Um, so, you know, if you go to some of these apps and you're looking at the game schedule and uh, at least the way it is on my phone, uh, I have it set where it's basically all college basketball. So you'll have the NIT games, the CBI games, and the and the NCAA tournament games basically all on your screen here. And I'm going down and I'm going, okay, uh, you know, checking the times for the NCAA tournament games on Saturday and Sunday. And I'm going down this thing and I'm going, okay, well, yeah, uh, CBI, I'm not interested in this, not inter- interested in that. And then I scrolled right by the FDU Florida Atlantic game because I'm thinking that's a CBI game or maybe NIT. No, no, no. And I just scrolled right by. So then when this game is getting ready to come on TV, I'm going like, when is that game anyway? That's like, yeah, because well, yeah, we know that FDU upset Purdue and Florida Atlantic because we talked about it on the air Friday. We got a nine versus a, a, a 16 that's going to be happening. This or that. And that's, how what I thought about this, you know, because I'm getting it confused with these other the NIT and the CBI. It's like, oh yeah, that's the NCAA tournament game. What's going on here? Yeah, it, it make make no sense uh, looking at that. And that's the one game that I don't think I watched one possession because I'll watch every game in the NCAA tournament. 
I don't think I watched any part of that game yesterday. No, and give Fairleigh Dickinson credit. And it was a good game. Yeah, they stayed they stayed with them, uh, you know, for the entire game. I covered the number, and you know, so many people automatically expect after you have that major upset like that that the you know the team's going to just get blown out in the next game. And they showed up. Give Princeton credit over the weekend. Princeton showed up. I I loved them on Saturday. That was a big play on Saturday. Did I think that they were going to pull the upset? You know, I thought it was going to be a one to three point game either way. I thought they had a shot, but give them credit. You know, uh, the Ivy League, uh, you know, for, and that's what I said about Princeton. You know, when you think of an Ivy League team, what do you think of? You're thinking about a game that it's a race to 60. And if you looked at Princeton in their, their game logs this year, this is a team that, yeah, they could play a game like that. But they were in the upper 70s, low 80s numerous times this year. So it's not your typical Ivy League team where we're going to watch the paint dry. Yeah. Uh, Missouri, uh, just a no-show, especially after they played so well in that opening game. But yeah, Princeton comes in as a 15 seed and shocks Missouri 78 to 63. And, uh, Missouri was never in that game. Never. It- and that's one of the things, like, you know, when I did my write up for my clients on that game, TC, I said, Missouri's in a spot now where they could have a false sense of security because whenever you see a, a major upset like that, well, people say, well, they're going to be on their, their best, their guard. They're not going to have let that happen to them. No, you look at it the other way. You know, the glass half full, half empty. They dodged playing a major opponent uh, by. Princeton pulling the upset and you can come in, you know, feeling, Hey, we got this now. We got a, a clear path to the sweet 16. And you know what? <laughs> Princeton come out and laid the, the opening punch and Missouri never recovered from it. Like you said, Princeton had control of the game. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to continue on here. We'll give you uh, the breakdown of what happened over the last four days uh, from the money side and uh, just uh, from the NCAA tournament side as well, too. We're previewing the Sweet 16 matchups all week long. And remember, that's a quick turnaround. And uh, we get it here uh, in Las Vegas on Thursday with uh, four great uh, teams and two great matchups on Thursday. Thursday, and then, of course, the winners will meet up on Saturday afternoon at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, looking forward to all that. Like we said, coaching news, uh, we got that to hit on, and a whole lot more here March Madness. T.C. Martin, along with Marco D'Angelo, in the house here on a very magnificent slash manic Monday. T.C. Martin. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in, 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 in. All right, don't forget to come on down and join us at the Westgate Las Vegas, of course, uh, this Friday. Looking forward to that. Smack dab in the middle of the Sweet 16. And, uh, yes, Vegas T-Mobile Arena Thursday and Saturday. We'll be diving into that all week. Another great week of guests. Pete Gillen will be joining us uh, tomorrow, the coach. Steve Lapis as well, too, did a fantastic job. He needs to take a breath about all the games that he was broadcasting there for CBS, and Pete Gillen was doing some studio work. So our CBS guys will be joining us this week, uh, not to mention uh, our other handicapper extraordinaire, Scott Spritzer, and then Marco D'Angelo in the house. But Marco, you know, Numchuck, you took a couple weeks off. Marco gets a week off now. I, I never understood why guys – especially that our handicappers are taking time off during one of the most important times of the year, March Madness. I mean, for us radio guys, you don't see me taking time off. 
I mean, maybe in July, maybe in August before football season. What, <laughs> well, the, what is... the heck, Marco? You can't, oh, so... you can't be leaving. Stop the presses, okay? <laughs> Stop the presses. Uh, I seem to recall. Oh, we need some breaking news here. Oh, Marco D'Angelo, let's go to our live on the spot reporter, Marco D'Angelo, is going to tell us why he is leaving Las Vegas, him and Nicolas Cage, during the most important time of the year, especially when the NCAA tournament is coming to Vegas. Um, where are you going to be on Final Four weekend? Houston at the Final Four. Oh, okay. Yeah. And who's going to be back here doing your show? Probably you. <laughs> you and Spritzer and Numchuck yeah. and, but, you know. I think that happened in the World Series too. And yeah. that's why, in some playoff but, games. But, but okay. But that is, is that working? What? Are you working? Of course I'm working. I mean, am I, and then I'm actually calling into the show as well too. So you work I'm for a total you, of 30 I'm minutes. You, I'm giving you all, uh, live on the spot reports. I mean, you're going on vacation, aren't you? Are you I'm going like, on assignment? I'm going on assignment. You know, get, you know, let's not be good. Let's yeah. hear this. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm calling BS on you working. Okay. Cause <laughs> wor- working. Must mean you were working to find out where you were getting your free dinner at that night in Houston. That was Listen, working. I have a working press credential. That's working, my friend. I'm working. Yeah, you're working. Well, as far as as far as calling in, I seem to remember texting you on one of them. I don't remember if it was the World Series, well, but you had a problem with a plane flight. You got yeah. to you got to Houston, and I said. You know, so I know how to, you know, plan the show. Are you calling in? And your exact words were, it's going to cut it close for me to have dinner and get to the game. I don't think so. Do you, exactly. do you, do you remember that at all? I'll I do. Tell you what, I do. I'll tell you exactly what I remember. Okay. <laughs> I remember, okay, supposed to be landing in Houston. Again to the airport so I can call in and do the show. But instead, I remember this. Uh, we're going to have to make a detour. Um, we're out of gas. Uh, we're rerouting to Galveston. Like what? That's what I remember. And then when we get to Galveston, I'm going, okay, maybe I can, you know, call you guys or do something. No one is allowed to leave the plane as we are refueling. No one allowed to leave the plane. Yeah. And then I had to sit with these ham and eggers who were going, uh, to the World Series as well. And they're panicking. And it was, it was like a scene out of the movie Airplane. So that's what I remember. I was stuck on a plane and could not move, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't leave the plane. That was like a seven and a half hour ordeal, my friend. That's what I remember. Hold on. But that's, that happened. For a reason. Yeah. Because you gave us one of the best damn Uber stories of your life. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. But you, you didn't have time to call into the show that day. I but didn't. about a half hour when I got But I apologize with- and I let you know that. Okay. I said, half, I'm, half- I'm in Galveston on yeah. a runway. Half hour after doing the show, I get a text. Not a, hey, man, thanks for covering the show today. You know, a great job, this and that. I get a food picture. Of course you do. A food picture. why not? Was that midnight? Two no, in the morning? No. Well, you, you, you squeezed dinner in before the game. Who you kidding? I didn't. I didn't. I, I remember I did, the, the Uber story, which Numchuck is referring yep. to, the, I thought I was going to miss first pitch. And this guy made a tremendous time going from the airport, got there like in 13 minutes, I had no time to eat. Uh, so that day, you are mistaken, my friend. Yeah. All I know is I got stiffed, and later I got food picked. So yeah. that's, that's all I know. Was it Galveston or was it another 
Crumbum City that was for no, it wasn't I Galveston. It was, no, it was Galveston. Wasn't it San Antonio? No, it wasn't San Antonio. You were going Corpus Christi. You're going That's to Corpus where it was. Christi. Those bums, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, <laughs> and I was even making the joke. I said, "Yeah, I go. You send me to like a bottom feeder of the NCAA tournament." Yeah. Then they end up making the tournament again, didn't yeah, they? they? Yeah, Corpus Christi. I was yeah. at Galveston, Corpus Christi, all the same. Backwards, uh, never mind. <laughs> it's tough being you. <laughs> How did this all get brought up? Okay, I don't, I don't need to hear the airplane. Oh, no. We're, we're, I want to hear the ding. I can't wait for it. The ding? Ding. The, the call attendant. Oh, oh. yeah. The call, uh, call, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were making fun because I'm not going to be here Friday. You're going you're gonna to have to hold down the Ford at the Westgate without me. That's what started this whole chain of events. Oh, yeah. No, that's what yeah, started yeah. because it's like, okay, you're leaving. And go ahead. I mean, let's go. Full disclosure. What are you going to be doing? I am going back to Pittsburgh. I'm going to see a concert. Wait, Pittsburgh's not in the tournament. They got eliminated. They, and I'm gl- sadly, I'm glad I had Xavier yesterday. Dude, go ahead. You're going to a what? A concert? I'm going to a concert in Pittsburgh. I'm going to see. Uh, I got horse racing uh, Wednesday. I got a concert on Thursday. See a few friends on the weekend. Watch the games. I'll be handicapping every day. Huh. All I need is my laptop, and we're good to go wherever I'm at. You it- couldn't do that in two weeks after the tournament's over. Well, could you call the, the group I'm going to see and ask them to move their concert back? <laughs> wait a minute. This is Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. And we have plenty of concerts. Uh, you need to go to Pittsburgh to go see who? Queensryche or no. whoever you're going to see? No, this is a band I like. Not a band you'll even know. Okay. Nunchuck will probably know. All right, go ahead. Blue October. Yes. Yes, that's what I'm going to see. Blue October doesn't play in Vegas. Come on, Nemchuk. They do it. I saw them a couple months back at the. Did you saw them a couple months and now you're using this? What are you, the the tour boy now? Are you the roadie? Are you delivering sandwiches for Blue (laughs) October? He's he's the water boy for for Blue October. Did you know that? Yeah, just like you are for Lindy LaRock, the UNLV Lady Rebels. Okay, give me a little. I'll give you my critique here. Oh my God. Wait. Is this really Blue October, or or is this a scene from Blues Brothers 2000? These are the Bluegrass Brothers boys. Where do you get bluegrass? Music? Yeah, you know, Blues Brothers 2000. Yes, I know. They called themselves the Bluegrass Brothers because the Maury Slime booked them as a bluegrass band because they're playing the State Fair on that stage in the driving rainstorm while the demolition derby is going on. I know. What do you mean you know? You, you don't know. It. That's why you asked me. <laughs> Did I ever think that Blue October was going to make an appearance on this show on a manic Monday after March Madness opening round? Hey, hate me today. Go ahead. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong, but the last concert you were at was Cool in the Gang. I was. Okay. Yes. And so we go from Cool in the Gang to this. He needs a cl- uh, palate cleanser. <laughs> Uh, you are going all the way to Pittsburgh to see these guys. I have, yeah. They're they're in a venue I've never seen in Pittsburgh. It, it's oh. a newer venue. I want to see that and uh, see some friends. You know, I get, I go home once or twice a year. Yeah, but go during the summer, man, at PNC Park when the Pirates are playing. The weather's good, or maybe even go in September when you can catch a Pirates slash Steelers doubleheader. How's that? By September, the Pirates are out of it. <laughs> Good seat still available, though. Uh, it, it is the nicest stadium for a bad baseball team. No question about it. I would love to go to PNC Park 
in the summer. Yeah. I, I would think that. Now, I've never been to Pittsburgh in the summer, I would imagine. Nice, though, right? It, it PNC Park is, you know, gorgeous. And I'm not being a homer there because if you ask me about the formerly known as Heinz Field, it's just another football field. It doesn't do anything for me. But PNC Park, yes. The backdrop of seeing the city skyline, parking downtown and walking across the Roberto Clemente Bridge. It's just, you know, see uh, the big uh, statue of Pops, Willie Stargell. You know, it's a lot of history with the Pirates, but it's ancient history, unfortunately. Better than going to a baseball game at Three River Stadium? Oh, (laughs) Three River Stadium was a football stadium. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was the cookie like, cutter, yeah. you know. They, Riverfront, say all of those were, you know, basically the same. You could just yeah. pick them up and drop them wherever you wanted. Yeah. Baltimore started the the trend of the new stadiums, you know, because mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's very similar to Camden Yards, but it's the backdrop is just incredible. Okay, so we'll agree that um, you know. I understand you going away. That's fine, but don't comparison to to my work schedule. Okay. <laughs> Just because I can work in some dynamite eateries and delicacies, just like you will do, but you are going 100% for pleasure. And yes, I'm going to have pleasure, but I, I, I will be working as well, too. The basketball season, uh, TC, before I moved to Vegas, uh, my annual trip, and I always would come to Vegas four or five times yeah. a year. One of them was always Final Four weekend. I would come out. I wouldn't come out during the opening week because there's just too much work. Conference tournament week, the week before. The but when you get down to this part of the season, we know all these teams inside and out. You know, you're not going to, you don't have to handicap a hundred games on a, uh, you know, a Friday night for a Saturday as we've talked so much about. It's, it's a long grind and it's right before the baseball season starts, which is going to be another grind. But at least with baseball, pro sports, you have a set number of teams in, in your phone. College basketball is just, you know, there's what 360 you know college yeah. basketball teams that you know you got to look at you know i avoid some of the conferences obviously the smaller ones but you know it's still a lot of work you know it we got the prep we do for mm-hmm. shows every day yeah. and you know to bring winners to our listeners and clients it's 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 a long grind and i'm ready for a little break no in all seriousness you deserve vacation there's no question i think yeah, no question. So enjoy yourself, my friend. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you have time off. Okay. Yeah. You know, no, no problem. Yeah. I'll send you a couple snippets from the concert. Yeah. <laughs> he won't like them at all. <laughs> uh, send me the food pics uh, and, uh, you know, he's going to be spending time at the track as well, too. Yeah. Pittsburgh, I just probably know because you're such a, you, you have a very, you're very good at food, but you have a narrow, you you know narrow you palate like. yeah. yeah you don't you don't expand your eyes right uh, I love to go a lot of uh, different ethnic uh, places mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh I love me to get a plate of pierogies when I'm back home there yeah. you go there you go see I'm like the the In and Out Burger of uh, of the foodies you know I'm not saying not just that but plain just, Jane no 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 what I'm saying is just the limited menu but you do it right you know what I'm saying maybe that's a bad analogy because I don't, I'm not crazy about In and Out Burger but these play I'll use Canes as an example right okay. Good chicken. We all we all like their 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 chicken tenders, but limited menu. They stick to it. They dominate it, and there you go. So, uh, no, but I like you know. Again, I'm I'm a steak guy. I am a burger guy. I'm a Mexican food guy. I'm an Italian guy. So you know, outside of that, not so much. But again, I like you know. So my, that's my no- rotation's tight, but it's enough for me. That's a no on the pierogies then. 
Describe a pierogi. You don't even know what a pierogi mm-hmm. is. Numchuck, what, what are we dealing with here? <laughs> you cannot call yourself is, a foodie. Is, is, I, I, I'm really not a foodie, no. Uh, but I'm a foodie of my type of food. Pierogi. You know, I, as, I told, as I told Lindy LaRock last week, I said, I never had a po' boy before I went to New Orleans last year. And the po' boy to me was like, eh, it's like a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Like it's, it's like a Philly. So what's a pierogi? Pierogi is a dough. There are dough fields. You can get them filled with mashed potatoes, cheddar cheese. You saute them in butter with onions. You saute the onions and just, oh, they're, they're good. It, it, it's, it's like a potato. Just figure it. it it's it, a potato. It's a side Okay, dish. that reminds me. Okay, help me out here. So when I went to New Orleans last year, that's something similar to that. And everyone said, oh, you have to have it. You have to have it. And I did try it, but it was something like that. Um, again, wasn't the po' boy because I was more of the sandwich, but it was some concoction that was all covered in something and, you know, almost like one of those uh, pot pie things, which I'm not a big pot pie guy. Right. You know what I'm talking about? No, nah, I'm not sure what you're Neither. talking about. Neither. I could be spacing. I could, you could be. I could you get are. my Just lo- stick to your locations. Steak. Okay. Stick to your steak, okay? <laughs> All of my steaks. Obviously, I can pull up probably about 50 pictures you sent me in the last six months of steak. <laughs> and your point is? There's something wrong with that? No, no. Okay. I'll get three steaks, then I'll get a Mexican, and then I'll get, you know, a, a lasagna or a chicken parm. Yeah. And then it's back to three steaks in yeah. a row again. And There it is. Yeah. And you got to remember, I hold back, okay, because I eat out just about every night. And I hold back and say, well... Now, I posted this one pretty recently. It's the same thing. It's redundant, this and that. So, I mean, yeah, I, I could post a lot more than, than I do. But I figure eh, people don't want to see that. They've already seen it. <laughs> I've already snoozed you on, on Facebook because of it. You snoozed me? I snoozed you. you s- <laughs> is that like the mute button on it, Twitter? It, it, it's basically that. W- what it does is it kind of like it goes through and it, like if you mute like a food picture. Okay. It will go through your th- go through them, and it won't let. Like if you post a food picture, oh. I won't see it. Why? The, why do you go to the trouble? So you're saying you don't you don't like my food pics? I didn't say that. It's just every day something <laughs> is on there. Not every day. Really? Yeah, really. Not okay. every day. Just about so you, every. You day. Want to, you want me to curtail? No. <laughs> you gonna unsnooze me? No, thirty <laughs> days, buddy. Thirty days, you're got. That's a, that sounds like the uh, the Facebook prison. You know, thirty days, which you you and Tony, the Tiger Lopez, know a lot about. Yes, I do. Oh, jeez. <laughs> How about this segment? I, I was yeah. not. Is there anybody listening? I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! All right. Uh, well, I, I guess we should save the March Madness talk until you know the next segment. I don't know where we go with this. Pretty much. (laughs) Exciting four days. Now we're down to the Sweet 16. These four days, when you're talking about Thursday, Friday, and the pandemonium uh, that goes with it, I love the Saturday and Sunday uh, just because, okay, you got fewer games on the board. It's a little more chill. And just me from a personal side, we're having to do the show and everything. And, you know, it's it's chaos. But I love the chaos. Uh, A lot of fun, especially, you know, being at the Westgate. Uh, on Thursday and Friday. But yeah, you know, my Saturday and my Sunday uh, was more chill. And uh, of course, got to go to one of my favorite hangouts uh, on Saturday, which there's a lot of stories behind that as well, too. But, you know, 
the brackets are busted. The uh, a lot of people's bankrolls uh, get busted over that time. Do you handicap any different during those four days to kind of just like try to stay alive? Do you increase your bets or are you that disciplined where, hey, if you like something, you're going to play the same amount of money as you would maybe of a November, December college basketball game? Steady as it goes. I actually sent a tweet out on Thursday, the opening day, and I said, guys, what you need to do, just a public service announcement. Play like you would play a normal day. Just because all these games are on from out here 9 a.m. till, you know, mm-hmm. 9, 9 p.m. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean you have to bet every game. And I'm a very selective guy. You know that, you know, with me any, mm-hmm. anytime we talk about, I'll have an opinion on, on, you know, just about every game, but I'm only going to bet personally and give to my clients generally two to three plays, maybe four, you know, on a big card. I, I am a firm believer in quality over quantity. Now, there's a lot of successful bettors. They do it the other way, and I call it the shotgun approach, where they'll bet 25 games on a Saturday and have no problem doing that. They're playing them all for the same amount, and they're obviously playing less per game because they're playing more games. And their goal is they feel if they have an edge that's greater than 52.38%, the more games they put in to play, the more – profit they can show in the long run and that's just not my style and it works for a lot of people but you got to be disciplined with that too because if you bet 25 games in a day there's going to be a saturday or a sunday where you might you know go eight and 17 or something you know and you got to be able to have the bankroll and the disposition to trust the process that you're going to come back and play 20 games the next day right right it's real easy for a lot of people to say hey i got action it's a meaningful game people like to bet meaningful games so yeah let me take a shot with that so yeah it, uh, it's the nature of the biz but again uh, you're on a nice little run as well too huh nine in a row nine in a row the ninth one was uh, TCU last night and you know TC- we said it at lunch and uh, yes knock on wood I'm having a good run I guarantee you if I would have been on a losing streak my one of my plays would have been Gonzaga yesterday because mm-hmm. that's what happens when you're running bad yeah. Some something like that yeah. happens yeah All right, Marco D'Angelo in the house. We come back next hour. We are going to update you on the coaching changes. Uh, They're starting to come, and a couple big ones in the Big East. We're going to dive into that, give you the particulars on that. And again, recap what we saw over the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament and working our way towards the Sweet 16, which will be one region here in Las Vegas. We'll dive into that and a whole lot more. Glad to have you with us here on this March Madness Monday. Remember that Saturday.